Hey, um, welcome to episode five of Faith's Muses. Today, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite serial killers. <laughs> it sounds weird to say one of my favorite serial killers. How else can I phrase that? One of the most interesting serial killers, in my opinion, um, Andrew Cunanan. I've been obsessed with um, learning about the assassination of Versace ever since American Crime Story came out. Um, oh my god, that was phenomenal. Darren Chris spooked me. <laughs> he was an amazing Andrew. Um, I hate Ryan Murphy, but man, I gotta give it to him. Um, that's... Uh, man, ugh, season two was just something else. Um, so, if you don't know already, Andrew Cunanan was the man who killed Versace. Yes, the Versace, like, clothing brand, all that, fashion designer. Um, yeah, pretty intense. Um, not a lot of people know that Versace was actually murdered. Um, so, yeah, I'm just gonna dive right in. Alright, jumping right into his early life and education. The youngest of four children, Andrew Philip Cunanan was born August 31st, 1969 in National City, California to Modesto Pete Cunanan, a Filipino, and Mary Ancelacci, an Italian-American. Modesto was serving in the United States Navy in the Vietnam War at the time of his son's birth. After leaving the Navy, where he served as a chief petty officer, Modesto worked as a stockbroker. In his youth, Cunanan lived with his family in... Ooh, what was that voice crack? In his youth... Glut! I'm going to kill myself. Be trying that. Um, in his youth, Cunanan lived with his family in National City and attended Bonita Vista Middle School. In 1981, his father enrolled him in the Bishop School, which was an independent day school located in San Diego. There, Cunanan met his lifelong best friend, Elizabeth. At school, he was remembered as being bright and very, very talkative and testing with an IQ of 147. Like, I don't even know how that's possible, man. I'm so stupid. Like, IQ 147? That's mind-blowing. Alright, moving on to Andrew's teen years. As a teenager, Andrew Cunanan developed a reputation as a prolific liar, given to telling tall tales about his family and personal life. He was adept at changing his appearance according to what he felt was most uh, attractive at the given moment. Um, Andrew identified as gay in high school when he began having um relations with wealthy older men he was voted least likely to be forgotten after graduating from high school in 1987 um, after high school Cunanan enrolled at the university of california san diego where he majored in american history in 1988 when Cunanan was 19 his father deserted his family and moved to the philippines to evade arrest for embezzlement that same year andrew had begun frequenting local gay clubs and restaurants and his mother who was deeply religious learned about his sexual orientation during an argument, Andrew threw his mother against a wall, dislocating her shoulder. I can't even... I think my mom would, like, mm, bury me six feet under. I'd never see the light of day again. <laughs> like, how does one get away with that? Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Um, however, later examination of his behavior indicates that he may have actually suffered from antisocial personality disorder, um, characterized by a lack of remorse and empathy. He just did not care for anything or anyone. Um, in 1989, Andrew dropped out of um, UC San Diego and settled in the Castro District of San Francisco, which was a center of LGBTQ youth, um, moving in with Elizabeth, his friend, and her boyfriend, Phil. Moving on to later stages in his adult life, 
Um, in San Francisco, Andrew continued his practice of, quote-unquote, befriending wealthy older men, and also reportedly began creating very violent pornography. Um, he also socialized, socialized, I can't speak, he also socialized in the Hillcrest neighborhoods of San Diego, as well as in Scottsdale, Arizona, um, apparently living off of the money of one wealthy patron or another, um, Andrew was also believed to have been dealing drugs, including prescription opioids, um, cocaine, and marijuana. He also used several aliases. This kind of feeds into his prolific liar um, thing. Um, Andrew De Silva, Andy Cummings, Drew Cunningham, and Kurt Matthew DeMaris were some of his famous aliases. So, <laughs> major spoiler alert. Um, Versace was murdered by Andrew Cunanan, um, but... It wasn't just an on-site thing. Andrew had met Versace before. This was a well-planned-out thing. Um, Andrew first met Gianni Versace in San Francisco in October 1990 when Versace was in town to be fitted for the costumes he had designed for the San Francisco opera production of Richard Strauss's opera Capriccio. Um, Versace's family was always ha- has always denied that Andrew and Versace ever met. Um, so that's kind of like a dead end but it's it's honestly up to interpretation they could just be saying that just because um and i don't feel bad for exposing them like that because they're rich in december 1995 andrew met david madsen a minneapolis architect in a san francisco gay bar they began a long distance relationship shortly after but madsen ended the relationship in the spring of 1996 telling friends he sent something quote-unquote shady about andrew Andrew told friends that Madsen was, quote-unquote, the love of my life. Um, and obviously that love was not reciprocated. In September 1996, Kunanin broke up with John Blatchford, who was a wealthy older man who had been hosting and, quote-unquote, financially supporting him. He soon maxed out his credit cards. <laughs> um, Andrew's close friend, Jeffrey Jeff Trail, a former Navy officer working as a district manager for a propane delivery company in Minneapolis, had told his former roommate, Michael Williams, that Cunanan had resumed selling drugs. Um, Andrew was also known to regularly consume these drugs, especially meth. So, you know, to add on top of being a gay serial killer, Homeboy was also a drug addict. Um, Keep in mind, he hadn't actually murdered anyone yet. By April 1997, friends reported Andrew was abusing painkillers and was drinking alcohol, quote-unquote, like there was no tomorrow. Quote. Later that month, Cunanan told friends he was leaving San Diego from Minneapolis to, quote, take care of some business matters, quote. I'm using the word quote a lot, <laughs> and I, but I can't stop with Jeffrey Trail, who had recently distanced himself from Cunanan. Um, Jeff expected Cunanan to move to San Francisco upon leaving Minneapolis. Before Andrew's visit, Trail told his sister that he, quote, did not want Andrew to come, quote. A week before his death, Trail told Williams that he had had a huge falling out with Cunanan and said, quote, oh my god, I made a lot of enemies this weekend. I've got to get out of here. They're going to kill me, quote. Not the best. <laughs> On April 24th, Kunana and four friends attended a going-away party at Hillcrest's California Cuisine. Ew. A rare occasion where Andrew did not cover the tab. He had reached the credit limit on both his credit cards and had to ask for a credit extension to afford his plane ticket to Minneapolis. Rare occasion where Andrew did not have any money. So that's 
clearly a red flag that something is wrong. Um, upon arriving in Minneapolis the next day, Andrew stayed with David Matson, a mutual friend of his, and Jeffrey Trails. In Matson's loft apartment that night, Conan and Matson dined at Nye's restaurant and visited the gay 90s nightclub. On April 26th, Conan stayed in Trail's apartment while Trail was out of town with his boyfriend, John Hackett. The following afternoon, Trail told Hackett that he needed to have a, quote, pretty important, quote, conversation with Andrew. When Trail and Hackett later arrived at Trail's apartment, there was no sign of Andrew or his belongings. Trail left his apartment to see Kunanan shortly after 9 p.m. and was likely let into Matson's apartment at 9.45 p.m. All right, jumping into the murders. Quick content warning, this is going to be very gruesome from here on out, so if you aren't into that, do me a favor and log off because you're done you're done three two one all right Cunanan's killings began in minneapolis on april 27th 1997 with the murder of his close friend 28 year old jeffrey trail after an argument in trail's apartment Cunanan stole trail's gun and brought it to second victim david madsen's apartment Cunanan rang trail from david's apartment to come and retrieve his gun on arrival, Cunanan beat Trail to death with a hammer in front of Madsen. On April 29th, one of Madsen's co-workers, concerned about his absence from work, visited his apartment to check on him. They discovered Trail's body rolled in a rug and placed behind a sofa. Trail's watch stopped at 9.55pm, believed by authorities to be the time of the actual killing. Ah! 33-year-old David Madsen was Kunanan's second murder victim. Authorities actually believe that Madsen remained in his apartment with Kunanan two days after Jeffrey Trail's murder, as one neighbor witnessed both men in the apartment elevator on April 28th, and another neighbor witnessed the pair walking Madsen's dog on April 29th. Investigators initially treated Madsen as a suspect in Trail's murder, but Madsen's family insisted he was held hostage by Kunanan. On May 2nd, Madsen and Kunanan were seen north of Minneapolis, driving in Madsen's Jeep and eating lunch together in a bar. The following morning, Madsen's body was found on the east shore of Rush Lake near Rush City, Minnesota, with gunshot wounds to the head and back from a 40 caliber Taurus PT-100 semi-automatic pistol Kunanan had taken from Trail's home. A lot of people um, blame David for, you know, not speaking up, but David had seen Andrew kill another person. That is not an easy thing to digest. <laughs> I don't know if you were aware, but that can be pretty traumatizing. Um, so David was in shock. He, his body just went into like freeze mode. Um, he was in shock and he didn't know what to do. So he just, he just went on with his life, um, and just acted like everything was normal. Obviously that's just what your body, that, that was how his body reacted. All right, this is probably the grossest um, murder yet, so I'm giving you another chance to log off. Three, two, one. All right, so this next murder is Lee Miglin. On May 4th, Kunanen drove to Chicago, Illinois, and killed 72-year-old Lee Miglin, a prominent real estate developer. He bound Miglin's hands and feet and wrapped his head with duct tape. Kunanen stabbed Miglin more than 20 times with a screwdriver, slit his throat with a hacksaw, and stole his car. Very two different ends of the spectrum there, but go off. Um, Miglin's family maintained that the killing was random, but former FBI agent Greg McCrary argues it's unlikely that Cunanan would have bound and tortured Miglin without some motive. Investigators noted Miglin's 1994 green Lexus LS sedan missing from his garage and found Matson's red Jeep parked on the street near Miglin's house. 
Miglin's Lexus was equipped with a car phone, which, according to Amaratech cellular records, was act. Why, why did I say that so weird? Records, records was activated on May fourth in Union County, Pennsylvania. Authorities began monitoring this phone's activity and found it was also activated on May eighth in Philadelphia and on May 9th near Penns Grove and Carneys Point, New Jersey. All right, moving on to murder number four. On May 9th in Pennsville Township, New Jersey, at Finns Point National Cemetery, Cunanan shot and killed 45-year-old caretaker William Reese. Later that day, when Reese did not return home for dinner, his wife visited the cemetery to check on him and found the caretaker's office door ajar with radio playing inside. She then called the police, who found Reese shot in the head by the same Taurus pistol Cunanan used to murder Madsen. Unlike Cunanan's other victims, whom he killed for seemingly personal reasons, um, authorities believe that Cunanan murdered Reese simply for his <laughs> red Chevrolet pickup truck. Cunanan um, used this truck to drive to Florida. On May 12th, Cunanan began staying at the Normandy Plaza Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida, where he paid $29 per night in cash. On June 12th, he was listed on the FBI 10 Most Wanted Fugitives list. While the manhunt unsuccessfully focused on Reese's stolen truck that Cunanan was using, the killer, quote, hid in plain sight, quote, for two months. Cunanan used his own name to pawn a stolen item on July 7th, despite knowing that police routinely review pawn shop records. On July 14th, seemingly out of money, Cunanan checked out of his hotel without paying for his last night there rebel you know i can excuse murdering three people but checking out of a hotel and not paying man you've crossed a line andrew all right moving on to the final murder gianni versace around 8 45 a.m on july 15th kunanan murdered 50 year old gianni versace on the front stairway of his mansion in miami beach versace was returning from a visit to the news cafe where he picked up coffee and magazines he was shot once in the back of the head and once in the left cheek with the same Taurus pistol Cunanan used to murder Madsen and Reese. A witness pursued Cunanan, what? Cunanan, but was unable to catch um, him as he fled into a nearby parking garage. Versace was pronounced dead at Jackson Memorial Hospital at 9.21 a.m. Responding police found Reese's stolen vehicle in a nearby parking garage. It contained Cunanan's clothes and clippings of newspaper reports of Cunanan's murders. On July 23, 1997, Cunanan's body was found in a luxury houseboat in Miami Beach after a caretaker reported hearing a gunshot to police. Andrew Cunanan shot himself in the head with a Taurus pistol stolen from trail. It was the same weapon he used to kill Madsen, Reese, and Gianni Versace. All right, um, that wraps up um, the murders of Andrew Cunanan. Um, Andrew's motivation still remains unknown. At the time of the murders, there was extensive public and press speculation linking the crimes to Kanan's alleged discovery that he was HIV positive, although an autopsy, rep- an autopsy report revealed that he was, in fact, HIV negative. Um, and Andrew Kanan left no suicide note and very few personal belongings. Um, his death was very much a shock to the entire community. Um, It was a huge event in the United States at the time, Um, especially for fans of Versace. He was such a well-loved man. Um, His funeral was very extravagant and um, definitely matched Versace's personality. Um, And as for Andrew, I feel like, you know, he was very much a product of his environment. Um, 
His home life was seemingly perfect, but his parents put lots of pressure on him to, you know, be a good student and try and live their own failed lives through Andrew. All right, that wraps up the episode for today. Thanks for watching. Stay lovely, and I'll see you next time. Bye.